0: This is the What Happened Today podcast, your daily history podcast that tells you what happened on this day in history. Brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter at Prod Leisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and what happened today, October 13th in 1815. Joachim Marat, the former king of Naples, was executed by firing squad in Pizzo Calabria in Southern Italy. At the time, the kingdom of Naples really referred to the southern half of the Italian peninsula. And Marat had been king of Naples from August of 1808 until May of 1815. He was put there thanks to the Napoleonic Wars. Marat was one of Napoleon Bonaparte's key generals. And after Napoleon had become emperor of France and was expanding his domains throughout Europe, Marat was a great asset. He also was Napoleon's brother-in-law, having married the emperor's younger sister, Caroline. But Murat also got his status in Napoleon's regime thanks to his own abilities. Although two years older than Napoleon Bonaparte, he too had become a notable commander in his 20s during the 1790s, when the exact political status in France was quite unclear. The revolution in France went in 1789, first as a petition to make the monarch more accountable to the people, and then it sought to actually curb the full power of that monarch, Louis XVI, and then eventually took off his head and became a true republic. But under the Committee of Public Safety, particularly as run by Maximilien Robespierre, it had initiated a radical turn, culminating in the reign of terror. In the chaos after the execution of Robespierre, Napoleon Bonaparte stepped up. And Napoleon was able to step up because he was by far the best commander in the various revolutionary wars that France was fighting with all sorts of other European powers. But alongside Napoleon were a handful of brilliant young dedicated commanders who sought to advance the revolutionary cause, including Joachim Murat. Born in Guienne, near Bordeaux, Murat had initially been trained to become a priest, but while studying for the ministry, had seen a cavalry regiment run by and decided to join them. However, this was in 1787, before the revolution broke out. And yet his training led him to be one of the significant commanders, and by the mid 1790s, had become a hero to the republicans Mostly for outing a loyalist coup that would have reinstalled a Bourbon monarch. By the time that Napoleon had taken full power in 1799, Marat was already one of Bonaparte's closest allies, and in January of 1800 he married Caroline Bonaparte, creating an even closer bond between Napoleon and Marat. After becoming emperor, Napoleon would make Marat a Marshal of France in 1804. He also gave him the perhaps ridiculous and lofty title, First Horseman of Europe. But the idea of giving Marat these titles and this influence was that he was by Napoleon's side at many major battles. At the Battle of Jena in 1806, he would be one of these significant commanders. He would be in Madrid when the Peninsular War with Spain would take place. And he fought alongside Napoleon during the Russian campaign of 1812. But the thing that made Joachim Murat more than just a general or a confidant or relative of Napoleon Bonaparte was when he was placed on the throne of the Kingdom of Naples in August of 1808. As emperor, Napoleon had a practice of not only installing his close confidants and relatives, including almost all of his brothers, on various thrones throughout Europe, but also essentially creating Napoleonic kingdoms. This wasn't just a term of art that in some ways he replaced the former monarchs. These kingdoms would actually be raised up in the image of Napoleonic France. Napoleon didn't just ride the revolution to power. He continued through revolutionary ideals. He created a brand new law code in France. He changed the very structure of society, and these changes were taken to the various kingdoms, now ruled by Bonaparte relatives. Marat was perhaps the most significant. As king of Naples, he actually was part of a group of men that were essentially Napoleonic lackeys. But unique among them, he was separated. There were hostile powers between Marat and the French Empire, most notably Austria. But Northern Italy, again backed by Austria, was not sympathetic to Napoleon. And this proved troubling for Marat. In April of 1814, Emperor Napoleon was forced to abdicate and sent into exile on the island of Elba off of the Italian coast. The Bourbon kings of France were restored to power. And part of the significance of this initial defeat was that Joachim Murat, former lieutenant to Napoleon, a man placed as a king thanks to Napoleon's successes and his own brother-in-law had essentially turned on Napoleon. He had said he would not fight, that he would make treaties with the Austrians. As the Congress of Vienna took place throughout 1815, Murat realized that perhaps he was still seen as the Napoleonic general, not as simply the King of Naples, and therefore was still an enemy to most of the major powers negotiating the place of various territories in a post-Napoleonic world. And so, when in 1815 Napoleon resurfaced, Murat tried to join back up with Napoleon, Not being in France, as Napoleon returned, Marat tried to march his own forces from southern Italy up to France. Instead, he was stopped by Austrian forces at the Battle of Tolentino in May of 1815. Napoleon, meanwhile, would be defeated at the Battle of Waterloo, present-day Belgium, in June of 1815. This put Marat in a difficult place. Napoleon Bonaparte was now at St. Helena in the South Atlantic, a remote island that was much, much, much more difficult to escape from. Marat, meanwhile, was still, technically speaking, the king of Naples. But very few people wanted him on the throne, including the great powers of Europe. And so instead, he went to Corsica, Napoleon's home island in the Mediterranean, and tried to work out a way to regain his throne. He had about a thousand followers with him and decided that the best thing would be to raise an insurrection in Calabria, to the south of the actual city of Naples. It is telling that Marat thought this would work. After all, he had been king of Naples for seven years. And although there were some political differences with the great powers, he was not overthrown in a popular uprising or even really threatened during his time as king of Naples. The Napoleonic ideas were those of the French Revolution. But instead of spreading French ideas, they spread revolutionary ideas in what was known as the Continental System. The very idea was that these... French-allied states would operate a lot like Napoleonic France. But also, importantly, they would be allied directly with Napoleon's France. And so, Marat was able to say, As your king, I lifted up the people. I worked on behalf of the everyday laborer. I was there for the common man, over and against the nobles who had ruled you previously. On the other hand, he was a French invader. And so, upon trying to retake his throne, in 1815, he went to the small port town of Pizzo. Trying to rally support as soon as he landed, he failed almost instantly. The crowd was in fact so hostile that he was captured almost immediately, and King Ferdinand IV, who both preceded and succeeded Joachim Morat as King of Naples, ordered his imprisonment. At the Castello di Pizzo, a little castle defending the harbor, He was held for a handful of days. On October 13th, King Ferdinand, consulting with the British and the Austrians, said that he would be condemned to die. Even in his moment of execution, Joachim Murat cut a striking figure. He was known as the Dandy King for the way he dressed, but he was also a brilliant soldier and brave commander. And so he said, I do not need to be tied to a post or sat in a chair or even need a blindfold, all of which were traditional for firing squads. Instead, he stood in front of the soldiers, ready to shoot him, and said, in French, rather tellingly, Soldats, faites votre devoir. droit au cœur, mais épargnez les visages. Phew. Or, Soldiers, do your duty. Straight to the heart, but spare the face. Fire. He was shot dead by the firing squad. Joachim Murat's death is almost the last gasp of the Napoleonic Wars. The true legacy of Napoleon would be fought throughout the 19th century. His grandnephew, Louis Napoleon, would take the throne as Napoleon III, the Emperor of France, although after actually being elected president in the mid-19th century, and even in the Third Republic, which was formed after the Franco-Prussian War in 1871, there was still a serious Bonapartist flank among the Parliament of France. But the actual Napoleonic order, the continental system that not only tried to implement various Napoleonic reforms across Europe, but also had Napoleonic relatives and commanders on thrones, had crumbled by the summer of 1815, and largely was destroyed after the Battle of Waterloo. But in the fall of 1815, in Southern Italy, Joachim Murat tried to take his throne as King of Naples one more time. He failed, and it led to his death by firing squad, which is what happened today, October 13th in 1815. That will do it for today's episode, but as always, please check back in tomorrow for a brand new episode because we are a daily history podcast and we do put out a new episode each and every day. You can also find all of our episodes on our website, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you're listening to us on either iTunes or Stitcher, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and leave a review because those are the ways you can help us to get on charts and be heard by brand new listeners. You can also help us out a bit more directly by going to our Patreon page patreon.com slash Productive Leisure and becoming one of our patrons. At Patreon, patrons give small monthly contributions to support ongoing creative work like a podcast network. So if you want to hear more of the What Happened Today podcast or any other Productive Leisure Network podcast, please go to patreon.com slash Productive Leisure, become one of our patrons today. You can also follow us for updates on everything to do with the Productive Leisure Network on Facebook and Twitter at Prod Leisure. Thanks for listening and see you tomorrow.